0: This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we're determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. Joining me today is an expert to help us with something I know most of you struggle with, working mom life. The juggle is a struggle. It can make us nuts or it can make us sick so joining us to really help break it all down and maybe cope a little bit better i have dr whitney Caseras. dr whitney is what we'll call her moving forward she's a private pediatrician from uh, an american academy of pediatrics author and a mom to two young girls in portland oregon Her kids, she says, are her best teachers, but she also feels, like many of us do in medicine, that we were in school forever. After completing her undergraduate degree in journalism, she also completed her med school training at the University of Vermont and pediatrics residency at Stanford. She holds a Master's of Public Health in Maternal and Child Health from the University of California in Berkeley. Welcome to the show, Dr. Whitney. You're obviously very well-rounded, have a lot of insight. What inspired you to write the book, The Working Mom Blueprint? where did that come from?
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. You know, the book really came about as a survival guide for working moms out there. And it came from my own struggles that I had and the lessons that I learned. I think like so many people, Brene Brown talks about this idea of your story becomes a survival guide for other people. That should be kind of how it goes. And for me, that's definitely how it went. My oldest daughter was a real challenge from the Mm get-go. Before I had her, I was one of those people that thought, you know, hey, I'm committed. I can fully lean in. I can do this. And in my life, leading up to medical school and being a doctor, that was the case. And for sure, as a private practice pediatrician, I was the go-for-it girl, the one that people could count on. You know, there's an extra email or extra patient that needs to be seen, no problem at all, extra committee, and then I had my daughter. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so many of us. And that's really the message that was taught right. to us from the prior generation before us of, of doctors and also just of women in the workplace. Of if you want to be part of things, you have to really, really play a guy's game. You have to lean in fully. And I think it worked for me before I had kids.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I had my daughter. She was a full-on, Hot mess. I love her. She hears me say this about her. When she was a baby, she was colicky. You know, she didn't sleep for more than forty-five minutes at a time. And then I thought it would get better, and it didn't. She became a you know a toddler. She had a lot of emotional dysregulation issues that now I know are due to a severe anxiety disorder and a lot of sensory processing issues. And I felt like I really needed to lean in to her too. My husband and I spent hours at the psychiatrists and developmental peds people and you know psychologists and parent coaches and at the same time my work still needed me fully and they didn't have an expectation that things would die off and so i was like this yo-yo just like going back and forth between those two worlds and really feeling like whenever i gave it my all at work i was leaving something behind at home and vice versa. And even more than that, I completely lost my myself and was really miserable and stressed and conflicted and overwhelmed a lot. And so I remember there was this night, you know, gosh, I was in the shower, like sobbing. <laughs> we had a particularly rough moment with, with my kids and my husband and I were fighting and all this. And I just decided there has to be a different way. And so over time, kind of a new framework developed. And then I started talking with other moms about their struggle, my struggle, and their struggles. And I really found I am not alone in this. Mm-mm. Even if people don't have maybe quite as an extreme situation, their job's not quite the same as being a doctor, and they don't have the same kid as I do. We also have this commonality of feeling really conflicted a lot of the time. And so, I really started thinking about how can we go from more conflicted to much more centered.
0: So this is so, such an important topic and I actually put a label to it. I called it superwoman syndrome because I feel like so many of us, you know, and it's it's for some of us, but it's choice. And for others, there's not a choice. Like they have to work outside the home. They have to fulfill all the responsibilities within the home. They have to be emotionally and physically present. And there's, it comes a point where it starts to truly make women sick. And I get to see that in the exam room all the time, where just the chronic stress the chronic anxiety, the sleeplessness, you know, the feeling, even though it may not be true, but the feeling that you're not supported or not heard, all of those things lead to hormone disruption, inflammation, all this other stuff that we see over and over again. And I can relate as well. I mean, I think that I have busted it for a really long time and hit some walls with each kid at different periods of time. One was you know, with my son when he was very little and he was super sick and it just was so stressful. And now more recently with my teenage daughter who at the end of that journey, and she's totally transformed, but at the end of that journey was she needed me, you know? And so how do we be and do everything? I was talking to a good friend actually who is a physician in Oregon and he was telling me how two women he really admires both quit, they quit medicine because they felt like Mm -hmm. they needed to be at home. And I think for so many of us, That's not the answer we want to hear. So how do we navigate these crazy worlds, not get sick, still be able to accomplish things in the world? I'm also someone, and I know I'm getting wordy and I really want you to talk, but I feel very passionately about this. I feel like all women need to work because I've also come from an environment where when women didn't work and didn't have a voice or some financial power in their hand, they suffered far more than the stress that we experience by juggling it all. So how do we solve this? Like, what do we do? How do we solve this? What's the answer? So curious as to what you've come up with, because we could all use it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think first and foremost, you're right. It's like that stress, it does have to go somewhere. So it either comes from, we get physically sick or, you know, we, our body tells the story Mm -hmm. or we, our kids end up with the brunt of that because like Instapot, we just like build, 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 all the stress has to go somewhere. They, you know, speak to us unkindly as kids do. And we're like, you know, off on them or our partners, whatever. So that totally is true. You can't escape it by just pushing it down. Right. You have to come up with a solution. And so. The strategy that I found 100% is not to quit work. I agree with you. Working is important. (laughs) I love my work. And I say that unashamedly. And I know that one, my kids get so much of a benefit from watching me work and have a contribution in the world. And two, I would be a horrible stay-at-home mom. Like Lord love the people (laughs) that are stay-at-home moms.
0: So my husband so says, my husband's like, you are not staying home. The last time we left you home, you were cleaning the moldings. You're not staying home. So. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I think so many of us, like we have so many gifts to give our kids and just give the world. So that's not the answer. And in, in what I found from talking with other women and with experts, really the answer is distilling down and understanding what are the things that matter the most to you What in my world at Modern Mommy Doc is part of your centered vision? What are the things that when you're 80 years old at your birthday party, people are cheersing you with champagne? Do you want them to say like, yeah, these were the things about this person. This is how she spent her time and her energy. And then figuring out a way to deal with all of the things that are outside of that centered vision, but that shouldn't be defining us. Because Mm -hmm. what I have found is that most women give equal time and energy and attention to the things that don't matter very much at all. Right. And to the things that matter a ton. Right. Right. So it's kind of like this analogy, you maybe heard that of like, there are some glass balls and there are some rubber balls. Mm-hmm. And if we're juggling all of the balls, some of the glass ones are going to follow. So we are going to fall. So we have to let the rubber balls fall so that that way we can just hold on pretty tightly to the glass balls or juggle those effectively. And The way I think about this is you have your centered vision. So the things that really matter to you, I have about five, what I call center points in the middle of that contribution to other women. And in my work at modern mommy doc, my connection with my kids, financial freedom Mm -hmm. uh, and financial ownership, like you said, Mm -hmm. agency, financially, uh, health and wellness. Those are all parts of my centered vision. And then there's pieces and parts around that vision that are kind of part of the square of life. And what I'm trying to do is push that centered vision as far as possible to the mm-hmm. edges of the square of life, as mm-hmm. opposed to having it do the opposite to me where mm-hmm. like, I don't have anything in the middle Right in the corners. Yeah. Are these pieces like the non-negotiables, there are pieces that only I can do, you know, you're a physician, yeah. you know, this, that there are some emails I have to be the one that writes, you know, um, there are some notes that I need to have my hands on for patient notes, but I need to do those things, the non-negotiables with the most efficiency and streamlining as possible. Mm-hmm. If I'm a single parent and I'm responsible for meal preparation, that would mean if I'm a working mom and I'm not like a home chef type of person, I don't really care about for my meals, that I'm buying like the chicken kebabs and some broccoli and a loaf of bread on a Tuesday night, right? I'm making that as streamlined as possible. In the lower right-hand corner, I think about the swappables. What are the things someone else could be doing for me? And sometimes people will say like, well, that's only for the rich and famous who could outsource to like a nanny or a house cleaner. What I mean is, if you have a partner in your home, what could that person be doing for you? How can you create some equity there? if you have kids who are old enough, what could your kids be doing to contribute, right? And then the contaminators, that's a big one for me in the lower left-hand corner, which are all the things that we do out of guilt or obligation, or because we want to look a certain way, or there's societal pressures, like joining the fifth committee at work when, you know, it's like the social planning committee and that really doesn't serve you at all. Or signing your kid up for the eighth extracurricular activity, right? That they don't need to be a part of. And then left upper corner are kind of a heartstrings. So things like mentoring maybe a physician who's lower than me on the totem pole mm-hmm. or going to visit like a great grandma who won't even know that I'm there, but it's important right. that I at least maintain some connection and fitting those in to times that actually work for you in your schedule yeah. or that work in a way that works for you. So that's kind of how I outline it. And then having you, the deepest parts of you at the very, very center of your circle. And that's kind of the self-care, the self-awareness, that self-attunement, and self-compassion.
0: All right, superstars, I'm always looking for a good protein snack. That's why I love Paleo Valley Beef Sticks. Now, these beef sticks are not your old-fashioned Slim Jim. They're actually completely different. Slim Jims, did you know, contain mechanically separated Chicken parts. I don't even like to say it, but they're also encapsulated in citric acid. Now, first of all, does anything sound good when it's made of parts of anything? No. But let's talk about citric acid for a second. Virtually every meat snack on the market is made with a processing agent called encapsulated citric acid or ECA. Companies use this to guarantee a long shelf life for their products, but there's a study from the (laughs) University of Chicago in Illinois that talks about encapsulated citric acid as being a trigger for joint discomfort caused by stiffness and swelling, muscle aches, an upset stomach, and even shortness of breath. Instead, Paleo Valley beef sticks use old-world methods of fermentation, which gives the beef sticks a long shelf life without all of the harmful acids and chemicals. Some of the other ingredients that you won't find in a Paleo Valley beef stick that you might have seen in an old-fashioned Slim Jim are hormones. Hormones are linked to cancer, and many experts agree that there's no acceptable level that humans should be exposed to. MSG, which I know causes unhealthy inflammation, weight gain, blood sugar issues, and so much more. Mechanically separated chicken in your beef sticks. This is made by crushing chickens and molding them into a paste there's a lot involved in that. I'm gonna spare you all the details. And Brominated Vegetable Oil or BBO, which actually is a flame retardant. You don't want that in your protein snack, folks. Try Paleo Valley Beef Snacks. Instead, it's a meat snack that's clean, healthy, safe for the environment and keeps us feeling super powered. So really, it's almost like a, a diagram that we draw out. It starts with a circle surrounded by a square, right? And then trying to navigate those corners constantly. What do you say to women who might answer back and say, I'm so foggy right now and I'm so lost in the stress. I don't even know anymore how to tap into what is the most important thing. What is the, what the glass balls are from the rubber balls. What would you say to those women who might be listening today?
1: Yeah, so I would say this is not another to do on your list, because I get that there have been times where life has been so fuzzy and I've been so overwhelmed emotionally, um, particularly at times with, with my kids that all I can do is put one foot in front of the other and kind of like wait for the clouds to clear. So, especially if you are a new mom and you know, you have a newborn and you're super sleep deprived, like that's okay. All you need to do right now is just think about like eating and sleeping and like the very, very basics, right? But at some point, we do have to understand that there are certain foundational things that if we do them for ourselves, they actually make the rest of all of this easier. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like as a physician, when we say, someone, someone will come to my office and say, I'm so stressed out and I have headaches every single day and I get stomach aches every single day and I'm really anxious. And then you say, well, what's your sleep like? And they say, I sleep one hour a day. And you would say, well, clearly sleep is the first thing you have to do. And they might say, well, I have no time to sleep. And you would say, well, until you kind of get the sleep together, the rest of it will continue because it's kind of a chicken and egg situation Mm -hmm. that's happening. So I would invite moms to just take the first step of first just thinking about what is your life like right now? In the book, we talk about this idea of kind of your ideal life and your life that's happening now. And at least just doing a comparison so you kind of get an audit and have awareness around where you are now and where you wanna be. And then the next step would be to, to get that centered vision in your mind and then think about, okay, maybe I can't attack every single one of these things that matters the most to me, but is there one thing that I know is the linchpin to all of the rest? Like I knew for me that financial freedom and I talk about my journey with my husband in, in the manuscript was the thing that would make it so that I had less stress and worry Mm -hmm. all day long. And that would allow me then to start to think about all the other pieces. Because when I was swimming in $250,000 of medical school debt and physical therapy school debt for my husband, that's pretty much all I could think about all day, every day. And so I had to get that one thing kind of under control in order to give myself the space.
0: And that's a that's such a great point too. Like, what is that one thing? Because it's easy to complain about everything, but what is the one thing you know is non-negotiable? Quite honestly, what would you say to? I don't know. Do you run your own practice, or are you um, in a group practice, or what? What sort of situation are you in? I'm in a group practice with ten other partners.
1: Okay. So I'm an owner in that practice. In that practice, and so I'm a solo
0: owner of of our company, um, and it's been interesting to be a mom and to be you know, in that position, but at the same time have moms that work for me and trying to find the balance within the workplace for them. And I've seen two really interesting reactions. I've seen, you know, the collegiality, the trying to figure it out. And I've also seen, a little bit of anger sometimes quite honestly as an employer you know of well why can't you make this work for me you know that type of thing so whether it's you know wanting to get out at a particular time wanting to come in at a particular time you know what the schedule should look like what the business needs and the patient demands are like trying to marry all these different things together what do you think um in general, cause I always want to be better as an employer. I know all companies want to be better. What do you think that companies and employers need to be thinking about? And what does the working mom need to be thinking about when they're trying to achieve this work-life balance in terms of not being angry at their job but also not being angry at their house you know, or at their home? How, how do we navigate that space?
1: Yeah, well, I think there's two things, right? One is as employers and as senior executive leaders, because I'm on the executive team, leadership team at my work, all that. So I am making a lot of those decisions, even though I'm not the only one making the decisions in my work. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think about parenting out loud myself. So when I'm in those conversations with my partners, with other business leaders, key stakeholders, not separating in my own mind, I'm a parent and I'm a worker, but bringing to the table those two things and, yeah. and, and myself, when there are times that I have needed, like I have pumping needs when my kids mm-hmm. are a little, or there is a very, very special event that's happening. You know, speaking up myself as a senior leader to say, I need time for this. Right. This is the thing that I need to do. Right. At the same time, and this is really interesting because I think generationally, the generation that's coming after us is like very into, these are my needs and like my needs matter actually more than the business's needs. Right. Yeah, very much. (laughs) I also, for the people that work for me and me as an employee, I understand when I sign up to work at my position, there are trade-offs and benefits. As part of my private practice, I have a little bit more flexibility so I can arrange my schedule. Mm -hmm. The employees that work for me, they have a lot of really good perks that we give them, like their 401k, and we give them time to um, contribute and give community service at their kids' schools. They can use actually like, you know, working hours to be able to do that. But there are some things that we can't offer because we are a small private practice and we don't have the flexibility to have you leave whenever you want to, you know, to wherever you want to. So I always, I'm trying to marry those two things. And I actually think that is a really important piece of this entire discussion for working moms Mm -hmm. is, yes, there are things that larger organizations can do and should do policy-wise to be supportive for parental leave, Mm -hmm. for um, making sure that we have equity in terms of hours, in terms of making sure that there's a culture that's welcoming to parents parents and understands their humanity, Right. right? right? But there's also a choice that you make as an individual person as to if this employment situation is going to fit your needs. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, then I do have really a philosophy with our employees of like, love you. But if this doesn't work for you, that's okay. Yeah, That means that we're just not a great fit, you know? And so I can't make it so that my patients don't have the care they need. Right. Or we don't have the support that we need as providers so that we can't complete the mission of our practice, which is to provide like the best care yes, possible yeah. to our patients. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's been an interesting
0: one. Cause I try to bring both heads into that game too. And I'm always like, I wish we had on-site daycare. They could run downstairs and see their kids for 10 minutes and come back up. But we're not, you know, we're already busting out of the space we're in. (laughs) There's like nowhere to put that. Not some (laughs) massive hospital or hospital group or something like that that can have that. So it's always like, oh, what can we do? How do we make this mom working condition easier. Is there anything that a working mom could advocate for, which is within reason and without disrupting, you know, the mechanics of a business or an operation?
1: Yeah, I think definitely what we've seen with COVID is a lot more flexibility for clerical jobs. So Mm -hmm. for jobs where a mom doesn't need to be in the office, I think that You know, of course, we all need accountability measures that keep us on task for our work. But I think the vast majority of workers, if we allow them to prove it to us, if they don't need to physically be in the office, that might actually save a company or corporation money by not having them have to be in that physical space and might make it easier for that working mom. I think it's also um, totally fair to be asking for accommodations that you need while providing solutions that you're thinking about for the employer. So, you know, if I say to uh, my provider, which I urge my employer, which I've had to say, you know, I need to be able to take my kids to school in the morning. That's something that my kiddo really needs in this season, not forever, but for this moment during COVID, that's important. Then I have said, and so I will flex my schedule at the end of the day on a few days, yep. mm-hmm. I will take a shorter lunch so that that way I can accommodate that need that I have in the morning to start a little bit later. So I think it needs to be in your mind as you're approaching your employer about a give and a take. Yeah. What will be a solution that will actually not, will not hurt the corporation? What's a business right. case you can make for them for why your personal decision will be okay?
0: I love that. I think thinking in, in that mindset helps you both as a bomb and also helps the employers are navigating those conversations for sure. Mm-hmm. So I think that's super helpful. All right. Now, child care, let's, let's talk that one. And then, um, any other last sort of tips that you have as, as parents navigate this. So child care, child care in the United States, such a block for women. I told you, like, I, I'm not kidding. I keep staring at my space. There's actually a little townhome on sale right behind the office. So we have this building and like right behind it, there's a townhome on sale. And last night, actually I looked at my husband. I'm like, could I buy that and set up like an employee lounge and small daycare there? They're like, he's like, it's not zone commercial. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, I'm like, but My employees can go check on their kids and come back to work. You know, what do we do about childcare?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that child care is such a big one because emotionally for working moms, when you know that your child is being cared for by people who are loving, who want to encourage your, encourage your child to reach their full potential, who are responsible, who you can trust that makes such a difference in your ability then to focus on your work. I have had a number of childcare situations and I have found that trustworthiness of the person watching my kids is the defining factor of if the childcare issues end up causing a disruption in terms of my work day. So that is like, first and foremost, when you're going to look for places, you're not looking for places that are, you know, designed with really cute decor, like, who cares about that? You want like safety and trustworthiness of the person that you're working with. And yeah. um, I would say for those who don't have kids yet and are kind of figuring out child care with a newborn, my number one tip is to start as early as possible. I'm not a huge uh, fear-mongering type of person. I don't want to drive fear into people's hearts, but in terms of childcare, the wait lists are crazy, especially mm-hmm. with COVID. And so If you have a nanny type of situation you're looking for people who are professional and really take this seriously, they plan out their working lives just like we do. So six Mm -hmm. months ahead, they're kind of looking for who their next family is going to be. So that's one thing. And then for, of course, the daycare centers, you want to make sure that you are signing up early in order to get a spot. The other thing is, I think really evaluating for your individual situation, what are the pros and cons that matter the most in a childcare situation? So for me, flexibility with scheduling, me not having to pick someone up at 5.02 or else I'm charged $15 a minute, right? That matters a lot, right? For some people that doesn't matter at all. Um, when my kids were really little for my situation, making sure that when my kids were sick, they could still have care Mm -hmm. and I didn't need to rush home to care for them. That was important too. But there are other factors depending on the type of job that you have. And actually in the book, we go through, we have a whole table that you can look at that kind of has like a plus minus, this thing matters most to me, this thing doesn't matter as much to me. And then has a whole list of interview questions that you can ask a potential caregiver, either in a childcare facility or in, in, in home situation. So that way you can vet that person and make sure that they really fit with your values and your needs.
0: Got it. Oh, those are all such great points. Any final tips before we leave
1: you today? All the working moms out there need you. What would you tell them? I think the biggest thing is what you kind of alluded to there about reachability, attainability for this. Like, oh, it sounds nice philosophically, but how do I actually do it? So I would just invite people if you want to hear more about it we hang out on Instagram. We're at Modern Mommy Doc. You can go on there in our little highlight section and you can click, you can get free resources where you can just go through these exercises I've been talking about. And then we also have started a Modern Mamas Club for moms because we know that it's nice to talk about it. It's nice to get the information, but then if you really want to make a shift, in the way that you do life as a working mom, you need other people that can support you and keep you accountable. And there's resources that are ongoing. So that's a place also where you can find community and be lifted up and lift up other people.
0: It's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Whitney, for joining us today. This has been great for all you moms out there. We know it's tough. We know it's hard, but it's doable. You can do it. It's just, again, dialing into what's the most important pieces and we don't want you to quit your jobs because i think both of us really believe that your financial wellness is so connected to your health and to your stability and to so much more so keep it up we are super powered you can do it and it's just about kind of pulling back every now and then and trying to understand what the priorities need to be dr whitney uh
1: where can people reach you you said modern mommy docs on instagram is that right at modern mommy doc doc on Instagram and then modernmommydoc.com. There we go. Easy enough to remember. So if you guys want more tools,
0: more resources, check it out. Make sure you look at all the different things that are on there and maybe even join the club support always helps us navigate any of these situations. And thank you again. Thank you, Dr. Whitney. Thank you all for joining me on this episode of Superwoman wellness. Remember you can rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you post a review, screenshot me to hello at drtaz.com and I'll send you a free bottle of boost. I will see you guys next time.